Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Four behind the gloves now with Dylan Shima, who's enjoying his Starbucks. Yep. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. It's lovely to catch up here today in your gym. Um, talk to me about what training in this gym means to you? It's everything, like if you look around this gym, it's like, I would say it's dark, it's, it's dark, it's dingy, it's old school, you can hear the old metal plates and weights are going, um, all the lads that are having a bit of arguments back and forth in the gym, it's like one of those backstreet old school type of gyms that, uh, that we've grew up in training in to be honest, so this feels like, so some people walk in and think, what is this? Is that my sort of place? This is my sort of place. This is what we like to train in. Yeah, you literally said to me, don't leave anything valuable in the car. <laughs> so we're at Connolly's gym in Birmingham. Um, when did you start training here? Been here since, um, probably just before lockdown, I started working in here. Um, but all through my kickboxing career, I've been doing sessions in here probably once a week. Uh, now more so, pretty much every day we use this gym. Um, my coach has been here since 10, 15 years. So we've been here a long time. We've seen... This gym changed many hands um, and a lot of the gyms changed as well, so it's changed the way it looks. Now it's a lot more modern. You've got Michael Kennelly and we've got James Kennelly, the two brothers that, that own and run this gym. They've really put some money into this gym and really changed it into a proper gym for what fighters need it to be. Um, so it's, it's good. It's good. We do like it here. So a lot's changed since our last conversation, yeah. but I wanted to start back before we look forward. So talk to me about your childhood, Dylan. What was it like? What were you like as a kid? I was quiet, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, was, I wasn't like one of those, you know, like you get some kids really outspoken, really cheeky. Probably was cheeky at home in my comfort. Outside at school and stuff, I was really quiet. Got bullied quite a lot, to be honest. So, I, I, you know, I wouldn't say I had a tough upbringing, but when you got bullied every day and you don't want to go to school, it, it can be tough. Um, but I believe that made the person that gave me the character that I am today. So it built me to who I am so you've got to sort of be fortunate to those situations haven't you and those experiences um, as bad as they were at the time so yeah I had a good upbringing my parents looked after me really well uh, got treated looked obviously got, got looked after as well so you know it didn't come from one of these um, rags to riches story that's not that's not me you know I got brought up well and, and got through school did well at school did well, at, did well in education just in case this fighting game did, didn't go anywhere but 
you know, if if all else fails, then I can go back and and, and, and sell some paper and sit, stick behind the desk. Do you know what I mean? Talk to me more about the bullying side of things, because a lot of people, yeah. I'm going to say, endure that at school, uh, and it's horrible that mm-hmm. it exists. And obviously, kids can be can be the cruelest people <laughs> yeah. of out there. Yeah. How did you overcome that? Um, do you know what? It was actually coming to kickboxing. So one of my best friends. Um, his, his dad was a kickboxing instructor, um, so he was like, just come down to the gym. And it wasn't to come to the gym to learn self-defense or anything. He said it was really fun and they had loads of fun. So I came and enjoyed it, uh, and, I, and I loved it since, since the first day I walked in. And he, um, and the one saying that my uncle, we call him Uncle Bag, everyone knows him, he's a dancer that, that's in the middle of the ring. Um, he always said, look, self-defense, we're, we're teaching you self-defense in the classes. We don't want you to use that in the street, in school. As in, we don't want you to use this to fight kids, so you create fights. If someone attacks you, you know how to defend yourself, you know how to walk away. But he's always taught us to walk away from situations that we don't need to get ourselves involved in. You know, to be the, to be, put it bluntly, to be the bigger man, to be the bigger person. So he taught us that discipline from a very young age. And I think that helped when the whole bullying happened in primary school and secondary school. That helped a lot because I never used it as a threat saying, oh, you're bullying me, I'll just knock you out. I'm a kickboxer, I'll kick like, you in the I've head. i got a black belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, wasn't, I wasn't one of them prats, even though I never got a black belt. But he, um, so, so, yeah, I never, never used it against or for, any, for anything other than self-defence. So that sort of discipline really was like stuck to us from a young age. Uncle said he was like, if I find out that you've been fighting or you got expelled from school, you're going out of class. Like, you're getting kicked out for the class and you're getting banned. Mm-hmm. So that was always on one. I don't want to get banned because I, I really liked it. Did you ever have to use it? Uh, a couple of times in school for self-defence. But other than that, touch wood, I've never actually been in like a physical fight because I've always managed just to get away from a situation, get my, take myself out of that scenario. So I never had to, had to fight other than being in the ring. Can you tell me about one of those times where you had to use it? Obviously, you didn't want to, yeah, but if, if yeah. you had to. So there's a couple of times in school. So there's one. T- there's a couple of times I think um, there's this lad approached me after school. So I went to go pick up my brother and sister um, from primary school, and I was in secondary school, and I was walking out, and this kid barged into me, and I sort of had a few words with him and said, like, "What what are you doing? Why are you pushing me?" And he was like, "Oh, you, you're," and swore back at me. Um, and do you know what? Because I had my brother and sister with me. I just and then and then he came forward to me, so I just moved out of the way and, and just sort of said, "Look, let, let's go, let, let's get out of the way." And I think in probably people looking at it probably think, "Oh, you just you're a wimp, you just cowered away." But what, like for for me, like why do I need to fight? I don't need to prove anything to anyone. So I just so I just walked away and just took myself out of the situation. Went in the car. Obviously, my temper was quite high because it took took a lot just to step away, but. Um, I was glad I was did because you know you could end up making an you could end up making a bad name for yourself that you don't really want and then it takes years to get rid of that. So I was glad and I, I walked away from that situation. But there's many like that. There's many like that. And now they want to be my friends. <laughs> yeah, I bet they do. Yeah. I mean, there's some situations where one punch can literally kill someone yeah. if if you do it out on the street yeah. or even in the ring. Um, so it's like you say, it's not worth it. And I know that we've spoken before about the pressure of being a good role model for mm-hmm. your community, and you have that on you. But if you've got an older brother as well, you obviously want to be a good role model to those kids. Yeah, 100 percent. So I'm the oldest of my granddad's got seven grandkids. So I'm the oldest, and we all went to the same school as well because we all lived together. So it was that responsibility of making sure what I do is that they're going to follow in my sort of in my sort of way because I'm leading the way, so to say. So I didn't want to like be the 
bad person or give a bad image and make them think that that's right or that's the right way of doing it. So I had, did have that pressure carrying on to me, but yeah. There's, I'm obviously not a man myself, but yeah. I know that from peers and dad and whatever, sometimes there is a, a thing that men, if they don't stand up for themselves, they can beat themselves up and it can really kind of kind of crush you. So sometimes yeah. you might feel as though you have to step up for yourself because you'll regret it later yeah. on. Yeah. How did you deal with that if you felt that? I didn't, didn't really feel that. I think more so because being on the older brother, I felt it more so... Um, so if someone, so for example, if someone um, was bullying my brother or sister, I was m probably more shouty and a little bit more aggressive because they were bullying my brother and sister and I didn't like it. So that's probably where I got into probably a few more altercations or situations arose like that because I would always say, yo, like, why are you, what are you doing? I remember once we were walking back from school and some kids were shouting at my brother and I ran up to the kids and just gave them a little, what are you shouting at him for? And then they sort of got scared and sort of stepped away because they were a couple of years younger than me. Um, so the situation like that, it's those situations that probably I get a more sort of protective. like, yeah, yeah, a lot more, yeah, exactly, more protective, yeah, so yeah. Okay, and moving back to you, so obviously the kickboxing taught you all of that discipline, it, yeah. you loved it, it was fun, yeah. but boxing came into it so when did that switch happen so i started boxing amateur uh, i didn't really have any amateur fights not at university so that was when i fell into it trained at a gym called coastal abc so everyone know it's morecambe tyson fury just bugger that's that's the area that so i used to run down the pier uh, way back when before tyson started doing it on social media obviously he was doing it way before did me. you ever bump into him on the pier I didn't. I seen him driving down the road in the city that I, that was in Lancaster where I was staying. I seen him down the driving down the road in, a, in an old Range Rover or Land Rover it was, and I was like, oh hi mate. <laughs> no no no. But but yeah. So that that was that was where I did amateur. And that was where I fell in love with boxing. I had a really good amateur coach up there called Terry. Um, looked after me as well. Um, go and see him here and there where I can do, and he still looks after me today. So I'm very fortunate that I found a gym that. A gym up there that had the same, you know, sort of morals and ethics and the home feeling that I had in my gym here, I had that up there. So that's what made me fall in love with boxing up there. Came back, came back from university and, and I wanted to continue with the kickboxing and uh, quickly rose to becoming a world champion at 21, uh, unified at 22 and then had a few more fights and then, yeah, turned over when I was 25, I think, into boxing after a few more years. I'm obviously not a boxer. I do a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, but I imagine that having people in your team who get you, you mentioned feeling like home. Yeah. How important is that to you? And if you had someone in your kind of circle that wasn't fulfilling that, mm -hmm. what would you, how would you react to that? It's difficult. It, it, it is difficult. So do you know when like fighters change uh, trainers, they change, they add this, or they, they take this person out, they put this person in. I don't know how to know that what that feeling is like how someone's not doing the right job because I've never been in that situation fortunately for me so the three guys that you'll see in my corner Uncle Baggy Richard Wallace Simon Akufo they've been they were kickboxers and they've been coaching me since kickboxing days so they've been my only three coaches I've had predominantly in my corners throughout my whole fighting career so they're the only them three really know me they've seen me grow up they've trained me from a kid into an adult and uh, so they know like they know they know me like they really do know me so them three yeah like i'll never change them like for anything because they've got me in the position i am today i am i'm only where i am because of them so 
I would, would never change them. The other guys like strength and conditioning, those are, these are sorts of things that we've added over time. But I don't think I'd ever change the guys that I work with unless they retired or moved on or did something else because I like the people that I'm working with. That we all fit in as one big team. Um, and now we've got a nutritionist, Steph, who, who's based out in Wales. He's the only guy that's probably remote out of the, the fighting camp. So he's like he still interacts like he's here with us. So we've got one big WhatsApp group and everyone messages. So we all talk about training. We all talk about what's coming up, what's going here, how's, how today's went, what tomorrow's going to be. Steph is on the loop on training sessions as well as and when they change. So we literally, it's all intertwined together and it, it works. It really does work. Well, I really hope it continues to keep working because yeah. that must be difficult. I mean, AJ has been changing all the time and there's been a, quite a lot of criticism for him yeah. changing all the time. But sometimes you might have to make those sacrifices. You might have to change direction. Yeah. That leads me on to your last fight where you didn't get the result you wanted, yeah. um, which could lead some people to start questioning who's in their corner, couldn't mm -hmm. it? Upon reflection, what have you learned? Yeah, it was difficult because it was the first fight that I had where I didn't have work to over my head so was, I put everything into into boxing training twice three times a day sometimes so I put everything into that training camp and to be honest it was the easiest I've made weight and it was the best I felt going into the ring it was the best I felt um, energy and energy wise I felt full I felt you know I felt like I had this you know I, I felt good yeah I felt angry I felt angry um, so I, I did really feel good but Obviously, the, the, the night didn't go the way it, it planned out in my head. Um, and the, like, there's no excuses for loss. I never excuse the loss. Just say it's wild and tim. But there were some injuries that I was carrying that I've now... I, I've shared on social media recently that I've had surgery. Oh, yeah. How is your um, hand doing? It was my elbow. Oh, your so elbow. I had, some, I had some damage on my elbow that I needed sorting, which was restricting my movement in my right arm. Um, I had that sorted now, so, so that, that's all good. But... Still no excuse for losing. Still no excuse for losing. I wouldn't say it was robbery. I wouldn't. Say, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't walk away and say that was a that was a joke. The ref was this that the other. I didn't think the ref was fair, to be honest. Um, you know, you see a lot of holding. You see a lot of argy bargy in the ring. You see a little bit of dirty boxing going on, and and a lot of it gets brushed under the mat because that's boxing. That's you know that's part and parcel of fighting. I got I got I got not even get pelees, but I got told off and warned quite a few times for some of the stuff that I was doing which I thought was unfair um, you know I thought I'd still nick the fight I still you know the point should have gone the other way um, but yeah it, it, it is what it is and to be honest I haven't cried in months or years and I've cried in the changing room as soon as I got back like that's how but that's how much it means to me to be honest it's not you know, it's not because I'm angry. I still gave everything I did in the ring. It's just how much it meant to me and, and taking that loss, it's, yeah, it's, it's not nice. Do you think there was a, a hidden element of more pressure on yourself because you'd left your day job? Not really. No, not, not really. I think I, I get asked this quite a lot, to be fair, and it's probably not pressure from, a, you know, going full-time in boxing. It's more pressure from the whole community, the Sikh side of it. Um, but I don't really feel the pressure because... Honestly, like I am so focused on the fight and just doing what I need to do. Um, I think the shorter rounds don't really... Even though I did it in the tournament, that's a different format. These four-round format fights, I don't think they really suit the style, my style of fighting. I think the longer distances will suit me better. Um, I just seem to... 
probably rush a bit too much in the four rounds, just eager to get the work in and, and get the get the points scored. You haven't scored. got a lot of time to showcase your skills and ability, have you? No, you haven't. And when I'm getting caught with a shot, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I've got to land double the amount to, to get them points back and score my points. So I'm always rushing my work, which I shouldn't be saying. I should be more more... Um, calm and should be composed and it's easy to say that now but when you're in the ring and you know that you're under the caution you're under the pressure of, of trying to win that short format fight it's a bit different so I think when I start moving on to six eight ten rounds I think you'll see a different style of fight from me and a little bit more relaxed because I know I've got time to work so what's Ben said after that defeat um, not not much yet coming into new year what we spoke about in the night was getting the rematch um, we spoke to the opponent Jordan and he was game for the rematch obviously I'm going to be I want it over 6 or 8 rounds uh, it'll probably be over 6 and that probably I want that from my next opponent because I want to avenge that loss and, and then move on you know um, and get get that loss overturned and then we'll, we'll push on again um, you know I'm still I'm still in early I've only been a pro for 14, 15 months. No, yeah, probably about 14 months, 12, 14 months. So it's not, I'm not, I've been a Early pro for Exactly. And that's what people don't understand. I've rose to where I am very quickly. Don't get me wrong, but I just need them right learning fights still to get me ready for those big fights, which will happen in the next year, 18 months. Is there a rough estimate of when that rematch will be? Uh, this year. So we're looking at early part of this year, First, at least by the end of the first quarter of this year. Um, yeah. And you mentioned avenging that defeat, obviously for your own mindset, I yeah. believe. But also, because that was a step up, do you feel as though you need to prove that you can do that before you go further? Uh, potentially, yeah. Um, for me, I just want to make sure that's a win yeah. and, and overturn that loss and make sure that win's you know there. Um, you know, I, I think... But I've always been in with decent level opponents, even from my debut. I've, I boxed a guy, Lee Canelli. I think he's just retired this year. Um, he was a guy that, you know, typically would have a six, seven, five, six, seven fights. I fought him on my debut. Do you know what I mean? So my coaches have always put me in the deep end because they trust my ability. Didn't pay off that night, but I know that I can beat this kid. I, I, re I really do. And I know I can probably hopefully do, do a good number on him next time and because I hurt him a few times I know I did so I think I could I could hurt him over a longer distance and try and get him out of there do you think it's better to have a defeat on your record from early days so 15 months in or later on um I, I think it depends it's different for everyone isn't it I think for me it probably is a good thing probably because you know probably just give me that little bit more of a reality check uh, and just make me sort of sit down myself and just you know sometimes you need that chat with yourself don't you and just to say right okay get get stop back being on cocky it. stop being cocky yeah stop being arrogant and just switch on a little bit more but i am well i am i am switched on but sometimes you just you know for me i think it was probably a blessing in disguise um so because you know going into the next fight and many fights more in the back of my mind i know that feeling that i had that night and i don't want to feel that again and i never want to feel that again that's always going to be mine. That, that'll probably give me the edge every time I go into the ring. That's a bit of an advantage. Yeah, definitely. So moving away from you then, moving back to kind of boxer stable, this yeah. weekend, big fight happening, Chris Eubank Jr. versus Liam Smith. Mm -hmm. How do you see that fight going? It's an interesting fight, isn't it? And I think, um, I think, the, I don't know, I think Eubank, we know we know the style Eubank's going to bring. Um, Smith, we know he's, he's a game, good boxer. Very, very tight, very tidy as well. 
It's going to be a good fight. I, I really think it's going to be a really good fight. I think the Manchester Arena is sold out completely. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think I'm torn, really. I can't pick a, pick a side because I feel like if Eubanks able just to get his shots and get, if he finds his rhythm early on, I think it's going to be a long night for Smith. But I think if Smith finds his jab and gets his range and, you know, sort of offsets the rhythm of Eubank, that's a, that's a Smith win. I think um, I think if it was, I think Smith will probably take in the distance by doing that. Um, or I could see potentially Eubank, Eubank getting an early stoppage. But I think it's going to be like a really good war. <laughs> really is. About the personalities, what do you think about Chris Eubank's personality? He's not, like Marmite. <laughs> you took the words yeah, out of my mouth. He, he, re he really is like, I quite like him. I quite, I, I find it quite like comical the way that he do, he does things and says things. You know, you can't, for me, it's like you can't not like him because of the way he talks. Um, but he sells. Like it's that Mayweather effect, isn't it? You know, people are gonna buy a ticket whether they hate him, see him get knocked out. So they're gonna buy a ticket. So he's quids in anyway. I think um, you know he's marked himself really well, and I think. Yeah, it's, it's funny. The whole KFC with the jacket, that made me laugh. That really did make me laugh. <laughs> it was quite something. It was quite something. Um, KSI had a fight last week. What yeah. do you think of all this YouTuber misfits, zone situation? Yeah. It's, inter it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, like, you would never think YouTube was YouTube, boxing was boxing, football's football. Like, everyone's got their domain. Their and that, that's it. Yeah, that's it. They're going to stick in that. But now the fact that YouTube... YouTube is so big and that they can still sell out arenas when some of the boxing shows struggle to sell arenas it's like a whole different world we live in now isn't it we, I would never have thought it being in boxing and, and fight sports for all my life but it's working I think they've I think the difference is they've got their crowd haven't they they've got their subscribers they've got their followers and their followers really do follow them and I think in boxing if you know if I've got you know 20,000 followers I'd love if I had one of those 20, every one of those 20,000 followers bought a ticket. Obviously, I didn't read his left, right, and centre, but they do in YouTube, don't they? They really do follow their their sports people, athletes, boxers. They really do follow them now because you've got to call them that because they're in the ring fighting, aren't they? Is it good for the sport? I think so. I think so. It's you know, it's bringing a different light um, onto boxing that we probably haven't seen. Yeah, it's a little bit jokey. It's a little bit comical. You see the weigh-ins at press conference. They're always fighting and stuff. Creates, it creates drama, it creates excitement. It, you know, it's. I think for boxers, we, we'll probably think that's our light. They're taking it from us. But if the more people are watching boxing, when the bigger fights do happen, it will really then create a buzz around the general public that probably wouldn't have been interesting because they've watched all this YouTube stuff. Okay. Well, on that note, Dylan, thank you very much for your time. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Any shout outs to sponsors? No, got to shout out Mark Darcy and all my sponsors that have supported me since you know since I've turned over into the full-time in boxing you know it really does really does mean a lot and thank you to my to my mom dad and my family at home because uh yeah they've been there for me through this tough time and, and we're going to be back you know the, I know the sports there sport from the Sikh community is always there for me and they're going to back me once again when we when we avenge this loss we'll chat again when the rematch gets announced thank you yeah. Dylan Sports Social Podcast Network 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.